Welcome to Unethical Podcast. It is a deep, dark dive, and it does involve your past and your present. My past and my present. It does. Uh-oh. That's a little terrifying. <laughs> I know. I know what I've done. I know the things I've done. I know the things I don't tell people. <laughs> it's that time you push your mom down the stairs. I found the truth. <laughs> oh, you got the exclusive interview with my dad, did you? <laughs> <laughs> sure did. Yeah. Yeah. Just had to call, say I was from Visa. And yeah, then yeah. someone had stolen his identity and he gave me everything I asked for. <laughs> I own your house now. I would love it right now if you just said, welcome, Les. And you just you just popped up on the top of the <laughs> Zoom screen right now, ready to give me shit. Give me hell. Maybe someday. Maybe for the episode 100 roast of Richard Studel, because apparently that's a thing. Yeah, apparently that's what Virgil wants. You know what? I'll take it. <laughs> I bet you would. You'll be like, yeah, attention. Just lay it on me yeah berate me five stars you berate berate me all over my face oh you you have a feeling i'll be mad over this you know what it's gonna take you pretty it's gonna be pretty hard to get me mad tell you the truth i don't know if you'll be mad i think you might be like yeah yeah okay like i'm mansplaining it to you or (laughs) mindsplaining it to you uh i do i do like the the sentiment because i can be involved in this conversation we could talk about it is it Brie X? Are we doing Brie X? No. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what that is. No, it's a good one. It is not that one. It is much more generalized than that. It's only me and you today, too. This is... Uh... It is. That's why I did this. Yeah, it's it's uh, an intimate episode. Just, just the two of us. Um, just the two of us. Yeah. The other two are off gallivanting around Christmas things. Well, Tally went up to meet with Kelly in Fargo. Kelly from the Ruth Finley episode. Oh, yeah. Kelly G. Kelly G. Kelly G. I do believe she went to hang out with her. Christy's um, all crooked. Crooked and upside down. That's what happens. But that's good. That's good. We don't get a chance. You got you girls do a lot of the bonus episodes. I only did the one with you. So it's good to me and you get to do one. Just me and you. It'll be fun. I'm excited. Yeah, you get to hang out with the dicks. I hang out over here with the chicks. Anethicalits. Sure. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we found it. Anethicalits. That'll do. <laughs> That'll do. Put it this way, Celeste. I think that whatever you're going to write, I'm going to be happy about. You can't get me upset. She thinks I'm going to be upset about this for some reason. And maybe I am. You know, maybe I am. Maybe you'll talk about my rat claws, my little baby hands. I don't know. I don't, maybe know. Come <laughs> I don't it, it won't come up. It won't come up. As I said, I just think that you might. I think it'll be good because this is one that you can. So just for context, this episode isn't going to be great as far as the writing side of things. I wrote it in a couple of days because Christy got all crooked and she couldn't host tonight and it was going to be her episode. So we're, I'm doing the best I can. But yeah. since it's just me and Richard, I wanted to scapegoat. 
Richard, as a straight white man, as being uh, responsible for the mining problem. I'm responsible for the mining problem? As a straight white male, yes, in fact, you are. Um, as huh. a straight white male who is also a minor, you are, in fact, responsible for the mining problem. <laughs> Point of contention. Um, but when you say I'm white, you're referring to the color of my skin. Let's say no. Okay, because I was going to say I'm multicolor. <laughs> i ain't a whitey no more <laughs> i got rid of my that's why i get tattooed because i don't like being a white cis male <laughs> ratio to ratio do you think you are more white than tattooed uh i haven't tattooed my dick yet so i'm probably more white than most things but uh i'm just kidding it's small like 50 percent of your body weight yeah yeah <laughs> it's tiny it accounts for maybe uh, a third of a percentage <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> I, I probably about 33% not white anymore. Cool. And you didn't even have to go to Ancestry.com to know that. Look at you go. Yeah. Or whatever the fuck, 23 and me. Yeah. You know what? I, I always kind of was like, I don't want to do that because it's weird to have your DNA on a database. But all the crimes are solved with these things. I might do it just to give them my fucking DNA. I personally would like the option to commit crimes in the future. Ooh, that's true, too. That is true, too. I was just thinking, like, maybe I have an uncle that's a murderer or a rapist that I don't know about, you know? If we get to, like, episode, like, 2000, we can't find yeah. any true crime cases and be like, <laughs> let's see if I'm related to a murderer. <laughs> but, I mean, what if they're alive and they're, like, lurking amongst your family at gatherings, having the turkey that you're having? I want to weed those fuckers out. I don't know. I don't think anybody is, and I could hope you, they're not. Could you imagine how fucking awkward Christmas dinner would be if the FBI bursts in and arrests your uncle because you submitted your DNA to 23andMe? Like, my bad! That was me. Sorry, bro. I just want to know what percentage Norwegian I was. My fault. FBI leaves. You sit back down. Whole family's looking at you, and they're like, Richard. They'd probably be like, thank you. They should be thanking me. I weeded out the psychopath. You don't know who he killed. Wow, that's true too. Maybe, maybe it was a justified murder. I don't know, or justified rape. Is that a thing? Is there such thing? No. Let's say no. I think the official position is going to be no. Yeah, the unethical uh, half fifty percent of unethical. I can say for sure is there's no such thing as justified rape. <laughs> <laughs> I can't speak for the other two. I'm going to go on the limb and say they're probably with us, but who knows. Fair enough. Um, so as a white man, I'm responsible for the mining problem. Yeah. I'm excited to see where this goes. I would have to say that um, I don't know where the problem is, but let's see where this goes. <laughs> mining is uh, problematic as an industry. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I always think it's very amazing whenever I head underground to see what humans will do and what we can accomplish when we want shiny rocks that we bring up, refine into a nice block of shiny rock just to go back underground to some rich guy's vault. It's fucking weird to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, but I mean, they pay good money, so I'll take it. Well, where was I going with this? Anyway, yeah, so... um. That's Here we go. White males cause all problems yes. again. 
okay. white males <laughs> causing all problems. I for for this episode because it's just you and me. I actually thought we'd just talk about the ethics of sort of mining throughout history. Oh, good. That's got that's fun. So, I figured you know you can you can educate us a little bit on how things have improved since then, since you're right there in the. I will. In fact, I, uh, yeah, I've got lots of opinion on this too. So it's cool. Wicked. So yeah, I've got a huge boner for history lately, yeah. um, which will also once again be flashed next week when I host another historical episode. So. Oh yeah. That's going to be a good one. Yeah. That's so do, one. do, do not call the police on me for flashing my boner at you twice. <laughs> Lady boners are the best. <laughs> As far as boners go. Yeah, my favorite ones. <laughs> my preferred boner. <laughs> um, yeah, so also because you're here, but this actually was like sort of piqued by interest. Uh, I follow this, this bass singer on social media. Very like incredibly wicked talented singer, this guy. And he did a cover of the classic Tennessee Ernie Ford song, 16 Tons. I don't know if you know that song. Never heard of it. Well, I want to get into the mood, so we're going to listen to it right now, actually. I'm actually going to play you the cover because I find that it's uh, the Tennessee or any uh, Ford song is like jazz. I find this one's just a little bit better to get you in the mood for mining. Oh, my God. (laughs) People say a man is made out of mud. A poor man's made out of muscle and blood. A muscle and blood and a skin and bones. You've got a mind that's weak and a back that's strong. You load a 16 tons and what do you get? Another day older and a deeper in debt Say no Peter don't you call me cause I can't go I owe my soul to the company store Say no Peter don't you call me Cause I can't go to the company store Oh, don't you call me cause I can't go I owe my soul to the company store Come on All right, just by listening to that, you're going to think that's uh, a big old black dude singing, but that is like Fabio. That guy looks like Fabio. That guy's awesome. And the music video, just for anybody else who really cares, is four of him sitting backwards on chairs and with uh, mining pickaxes with like a, a wife beater on. It's fantastic. Yeah, the, this guy's amazing. Uh, <laughs> he's got a beautiful voice, though. That's crazy. Very low. Yeah, really talented bass singer. That's Jeff Castellucci is his name. Castellucci. But I listened to that and I was like, what in the fuck is the company store? Because I didn't know. But I know now. And it is not good. Okay, I don't even know what that is. So maybe I will. Maybe I know something else. Just like a little bit on mining. As you know, it's a like wicked dangerous profession even now with all the safety precautions that are in place. There's a reason you get paid a lot to go into a dirty hole underground um, because you can die and it's not a joke and you get paid lots. You don't, that's what it's for, you know? Right. And like back in the 1880s, as you may have guessed, listener, not a whole lot as far as employee safety, aside from like, some two by fours holding up dirt walls and a dead canary or two. 
So Richard probably knows this fun piece of mining history. What are canaries for? Uh, to go test actually uh, NO levels, nitrous oxide levels in the deeper, darker parts of the... F- After you blast, it leaves gases and they want to see if the gas is cleared and they didn't have proper ventilation back then. So they would just send uh, a canary in and if the canary didn't come back, that means it probably died from the gas. If it came back, that means it's probably good to go. That's from what I understand. True beans. That's basically exactly right. They would also sometimes just keep them sort of as like place markers in the shaft. So they would sort of leave them there if they were all exiting the shaft for like regularly scheduled breaks or something like that. They go back in. The canary is still good. They know the gases haven't built up from a coal seam or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that makes sense. They would have it would be like a warning light. Mm -hmm. or whatever if you see the canaries dead it's time to get the fuck out of here or you're gonna die yeah exactly because they got tiny little lungs right so you've got some time but that time is limited probably yeah not to mention the air may very well be flammable so yeah that's fun and it's not the nitrous oxides too a lot of fun gases exist in mines carbon monoxide carbon dioxide which are toxic methane and hydrogen which are both flammable and hydrogen sulfide which can also float around in there so lots of fun gases in mines. Yeah, it depends what you're mining, right? Like if you're in a coal mine, there's lots of methane or methane or whatever the fuck. I don't care how you pronounce it. Um, but our, like a gold mining environment would be like NO2, CO2, or NO, sorry, and CO2 be the main ones. But yeah, there, it depends what you're mining and how far deep, how deep you are, part of the world you're in. And now because we don't use canaries anymore fortunately but now they have like basically like station monitors right that like like designated people who that's their whole job is monitoring gas in the mines right there's a lot of there's a lot of different ways actually so they'll have uh monitoring posts so basically with a canary but it's a machine now so it'll like tell the air level in that area so these are highly working like lot where play people are working a lot they'll set up those or you can have handheld ones. They call them sniffers. All right. Gas sniffers or whatever. And you can go. <laughs> it's true. It is gas sniffers. Is that their official job title on their tax return to gas sniffer? The guy uh, who carries uh, around the fucking. What would they call the. But this isn't, an, this isn't an official job. Anybody does this. It's like a tool, right? You bring it with you. And the person who's going to go into these. There's certain people that go into places with less people to like map and like survey to see where you should be blasting next. Those people are kind of by themselves sometimes. So they'll take it with them or the people that are first go down, will take it with them. Uh, there's no one who specifically has the job per se, like the same kind of people do it all the time, but it's not like that's their full-time job. They do also do other things. Yeah. So that's good to know. I actually thought that was a designated like position. Somebody who goes around and monitors all of the gas posts. Or the- there would be, uh, there probably is that in like, like a big ass mine. I don't work in a big one. I work in a kind of a mid-level to low-level kind of small mine. But like in a big mine, I would imagine they probably have someone going around. But in a bigger mine, I would also assume they have like the stations, like I was saying, right? So they have like a control panel from surface just looking like at gas levels. Like at my mine, everyone just kind of pitches in with that job. It's like uh, depending on where you're going and ventilation's really well done now. And it's anyways, I'll see where you go. and We'll talk more about how it is now later. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, gas is just one thing, you know, if farting in a hole all day doesn't get you a shaft collapsing or a rock slides definitely can. So, I mean, there's more than that. 
Yeah. Mining terminology is so dirty. It's going to be fun. Shaft collapsing. That's what happens when I see Roseanne nude. You know what I'm saying? Shaft collapse. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Actually, uh, we're going to go into some mining disasters throughout history, and a lot of them have very phallic names, which is fun. Yeah, um, that's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... Yeah, shaft collapsing, rock slides, hollowing out a massive rock has a tendency to weaken the integrity of said rock. Um, but it is estimated as of 2020, about 15,000 miners are killed in mining accidents every year. So that's 21st century numbers. Is that a, is that a worldwide stat? Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. So that does okay. account for places like uh, Serbia and Colombia and places like that that have much more lack safety measures north america yeah. as far as mining accidents actually were not too bad i think we only cracked the top of the the top 10 list once yeah so. no we're canada i i know for a fact is a pretty good leader in safety now but in other parts of the world they're still fucking crazy for sure <laughs> like nope not for me yeah canada's got so much shit going on too like the amount of natural resources that we have that can be mined is outrageous yeah. we have to be head and shoulders above yeah yeah no if it's one of our main industries right yeah minerals and mining yeah exactly so yeah let's start out fun by looking at some mining disasters throughout history cool yeah so these are actually in fact the top 10 mining disasters throughout history as far as body count oh okay the real deadly fuckers the real deadly fuckers the, the deadliest of the fuckers All the right. kings among deadly fuckers so we're going to look at them chronologically and not by body count because i think it's interesting to sort of look at the pattern as history progresses yeah um but i mean the last one as far as massive disasters was 75 so it's coming along yeah where do we start 1899 okay let's start 1899 right let's just right right in the cusp of the fucking 19th century there yeah because we've been we've been mining for like getting shit off sides of cave walls for thousands of years this isn't but i guess this is kind of when they started recording stuff more i would guess in the 1800s like that so you get more detailed accounts like you, you could probably assume there'd be some way before this that were pretty bad i would i would guess you know what i mean like, yeah you think yeah i'm gonna guess <laughs> probably some pretty gnarly ones but also i think like the daily death toll was probably so much higher the yeah. further back you go to that like a mining disaster is really like oh we lost you know a hundred more men than we would have lost today yeah yeah exactly thanks yeah. good we only lost two thousand today that's good yeah exactly solid day everybody (laughs) solid day you can go home thank the king thanks you for all his jewels yeah right (laughs) well i believe if if history is accurate it was in fact dwarves um that mined gems before this period of time (laughs) so uh they were well versed in the underground you know they lived there and stuff so i've heard dwarves so, yeah, uh, 1899, the Sumitomo Beshi bronze mine in Japan, okay? So this was pre-proper corro- or proper erosion control and structural support. 512 men died in a landslide that was triggered from bronze mining. 
So okay. this one, very old, very little information on it. It's documented somewhere. This is what happened. Yeah. Japan would have long records. So I, I trust the Japanese. That makes one of us. Just generally. <laughs> Not after Pearl Harbor, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got me. Um, okay, uh, 1906. And this one I can't pronounce because it's French. Okay. And it's in France. Cor- Corrieres. Corrieres. I don't know. Spell it. C-O-U-R-R-I-E-R-E-S. Courrier. Thank you. Courrier. Courrier. Yes, that one. Courrier. Coal mine. <laughs> France. March of 1906. 1,099 people died after a gas explosion caused a series of other explosions. Um, and in this one, I say people and not men because the explosion also killed nearly everyone in the settlement of wives and children of the miners that was directly above the mine. Oh, that's scary. Was did were they did do you have more information on this one? Not a ton. Essentially, like the series of explosions caused the mine shafts to cave in, causing the settlement to sort of fall. They must have been storing explosives in a crazy way. It's scary. That's fucking old school nitro like that. It's because they back then they had scary explosives. Like if you shake them too much, they explode on you. You know what I mean? So yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's like very careful work so all it would take is a a little bit too much in one spot and someone just oops i knocked it over and then everyone's dead yeah so what i can what i can gather from reading about this one is it was initially an explosion that was caused by a gas seam that then spread fire to improperly stored explosives yes the old underground pocket o gas that'll happen yeah so, Ugh, so not scary. Fun. That's a pretty nasty one. Not the nastiest no. on the list, but pretty nasty. No. Okay. Uh, eight, uh, no, not 18. 1913. The Sanginid Colliery. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Okay. <clears throat> uh, Wales, UK. October of 1913. 440 men died after a lamp ignited fire damp, which is a gas that escapes coal seams. And the entire floor of the coal mine went up in a complete inferno. And those that didn't burn to death suffocated from the carbon monoxide gases from the fire. Oof. Or just smoked out too. Oh man. These early 1900, imagine not having electricity. Like you having to go under lamp light. That's fucking scary, man. Oh my God. Old coal miners helmets too. They were literally like a headlamp. They actually had a pocket with a candle in it on their heads. Yeah, yeah, and a mirror, reflecting mirror to give it forward mobility. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's only like a hundred years ago. You know, in grand right. scheme of things, that's not that long ago. It is for. It's yeah. weird. This is why yeah. I think that all modern technology is, in fact, magic, and yes. not like technology. Because how, we went like billions of years with essentially the same capabilities, and now all of a sudden we're like, you know having computers in our hands and going into space for fun and shit like Nikola Tesla was an alien, bro. It's a proven fact. (laughs) I'm on board from the future. Oh my gosh. Mark Twain shit his pants. And he's like, huh? So that's what happens when it comes out and goes in. 
fascinating oh i'm so glad i dug up that little factoid that was my favorite part of the whole episode honestly it's stuck in my brain forever mark Dwayne shitting his pants yeah but that nikola tesla did that to him and the fact that he shot an x-ray at his head not knowing what it did that's fun too (laughs) no i i find it crazy these miners just with like lamplight going under going underground's like not for everyone you know it's it's a dark damp if you don't have your cap lamp on it is dark it's just dark and you're underground like you could be a kilometer underground you know and these guys would do this shit with fucking candles imagine you accidentally blow the candle out and forgot your matches because you have matches now or your matches got wet just be lost underground forever yeah no it's scary it's so no scary. sense of direction nothing it's... to like maybe listen for other miners that's pretty much all you could do at that point just like fuck that no way man and the elevators that they use to get down into the mines fuck mm. that <laughs> <laughs> even now even now like a shaft is fucking kind of scary like going down in a in an elevator now because you're like i don't know they're not that big and you'll jam with like 10 dudes and you'll all be just like shoulder to shoulder like i'm gonna work you know that's scary to me i don't know it's claustrophobic already no thank you i'm good working above ground yeah me too it's like the number one thing when I think about podcasting. I'm like, you know why I want to be a podcaster the rest of my life? Never will I have to go underground. Not even once. <laughs> yeah, no. I can't even think of a situation. I was trying to be like, well, what if? But I got nothing. I got nothing. You're up. You're on surface. I don't know, man. If we get famous enough, though, and there's like a nuclear holocaust, we would definitely be accepted into the underground community. Unless they go to Mars, then we'd be fucked. Yeah, those are the rich people will be in Mars. The rich people in Mars and the podcasters live underground with the mole. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, and it's thinking about humans having to mate with moles because there's not many of us <laughs> to make a mole man hybrid. Not where I went with it. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I was like, maybe we eat them. You're like, could I fuck one? Yeah. Well, there's not going to be any pocket pussies left. There's going to be actual human women there, probably. Not underground. <laughs> it's, just, it's just you. It's going to go underground all by yourself. It'll be all the other miners down there, just a bunch of dudes. Just for no reason, too, just to look for a mole to fuck. That's the only reason. It's not even a nuclear holocaust. Just they didn't even go- know there was a nuclear holocaust. They just showed up to work this morning. And <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's not time uh, to go home yet. I work a 20-hour day. <laughs> That was 1913. That's yeah, 1913. Then we were good for a couple decades until 1931. Um, Now this one actually I find to be the most interesting because it's kind of like the most like uh, it's like the slow burn. You know what I mean? Like a mine, like a massive explosion or like a rock slide. It's like terrifying and death within minutes. You know what I mean? It's like sort of expected, but this one, man, this one kind of. Hawksnest Tunnel Silica Mine, 1931. During construction of the mine, the miners were instructed to mine silica deposits and 476 men succumbed to silicosis by the end from breathing in the silica. Silicosis is no joke. Silicosis is something it's still dealt with to this day. Um, Chest x-rays are the only way to find it. What, What happens with silicosis is a chunk of silica dust minute little piece of dust 
uh, will and all sorts of lots over time. This most of the time happens over time. It's not just usually acute. It's more it's more of like a long term effect kind of thing. But it'll get onto your inside your lungs, and your body can't get it out of your lungs, so it'll just stay there. And then like lesions will start growing over it, and it'll make like lung cancery fucking chunks in your lungs that are untreatable because you didn't you don't know until it's too late almost um and it's right in your lungs like cancer basically it's basically a lung cancer at the end of the day um but it's made from dust and you can't get it out so you gotta get checks i gotta get checks chest x-rays uh once every two years just to make to keep monitor it because like i said now uh interesting story about silicosis and i don't know if you have this in the episode or anything like that but this is a, a thing that happened where i'm from uh the miners the mining companies knew that silicosis was uh, a big th- a problem and was killing miners later on in life. So in an attempt to help miners from getting silicosis, the McIntyre mines from up here, they were doing a thing, make exposing their workers to a thing called uh, McIntyre dust. I believe they called it or something like that. McIntyre, uh, but what they would do is they would, it was like aluminum, fine aluminum powder. And they said, if you breathe this shit in the silicosis, the silica won't be able to stick to your lungs anymore. So breathe in this fucking aluminum, or I guess a zinc or something like that, like a fine powder of their creation, McIntyre dust. And then you would have to get in there. If you didn't do it, you would lose your job. But so all these guys did this shit and they would like whatever. And nowadays to this, even to where I'm done, guys are getting like Alzheimer's and shit. And they're linking it back to this McIntyre powder shit that they made them hoof back in the seventies to stop silicosis. You know, Uh, mining companies do not give a fuck. They just want you to work. And I, I shouldn't say that not back in the day. Mining companies didn't give a fuck. Nowadays they realize that safety is better productivity, better morale, you know, just better all around for everyone. So they try to focus on it. That and a lot more accountability than they used to have too. That's a big one for sure. Insurance is huge, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's crazy. I actually didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't read about that. Like I said, I wrote yeah. this really fast, but yeah, that's so fucked, man. Oh yeah. It's so crazy. And people are losing lawsuits. Like we dudes are yeah super sick over just like getting gold out of the ground it's crazy but that's crazy you don't know because i haven't talked to any of these ceos before were their best intentions like were they thinking like i'm gonna actually help this silicosis problem or i think this will work but it'll get them back to work like you know what i mean like is it one of like two different completely different thoughts in my brain like if they're trying to help well then fuck how do you know they should have tested more i guess but they're trying something you know, or they said, get to work, do this and get to work. That's like scarier. It sounds more human nature <laughs> to me, but yeah. And I'm yeah. sure a lot of those guys went into work and they're like, snort something. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> but I was doing all weekend anyway. <laughs> this one's a little silvery, but got some kick. <laughs> <laughs> they're fucking down there doing like bumps and what is this shit called mcintyre powder mcintyre dust or powder or whatever the fuck they call those something like that yeah 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 (laughs) yeah it's very scary stuff maybe it was actually in fact laced with cocaine to give them more energy to work longer hours (laughs) yeah i have okay sorry i have a question about this silicosis thing so 
they got were working in the silica mine okay mm-hmm. and silica is just so you know it's like very common it's in a lot of stuff like we have silica all around where i am we're in a silica based fucking anyways uh so they were in the silica mine and they died over time 477 or they had like some sort of like major inhalation of some dust and died instantly because you can do that too in the span of a year 476 people died from chronic yeah yeah no this is this was chronic so like they started at you know early 1931 and they had no protective gear none they're just opening up these silica deposits and mining it by the end of the year 476 men had died from complications related to silicosis it's a horrible way to die i wouldn't want to do it i wouldn't want to do it yeah this is the worst one i'm like you know what I'll go out in an explosion or a rock slide, but not this, man. Not this. Yeah, there's a lot of like, we'll talk about them later, but there's a lot of things that you don't know. I I would assume you don't know. It's like probably more of a mining industry known, but injuries you can get like over a long term, not just silicosis. There's other things that are very horrible and fucking horrendous that can happen to you too. Uh, that you would never know unless you were in some sort of industry like this. So I have some of them in here, but I think I might let you, I have, what have I got? Pneumoconitis, asbestosis, silicosis, kidney disease. No, keep talking. Well, we'll, whatever ones you missed, because I don't know. uh, Asbestos and silicosis, asbestosis and silicosis are essentially the same thing. It's just asbestosis is a lot more deadly. It's a lot quicker acting. It'll fuck you up even more. Lodges are in you. Yeah. I don't have a ton on this. I yeah. sort of got into it a little bit, but the main thing that I want to talk about was the company store. But just yeah, yeah. To give you an idea about how mining already sucks so fucking much before yeah, yeah. we get into how mining sucks even more. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, I'll let you actually take the lead on that because I bet you can tell me all kinds of gory things that I will enjoy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 1942. You actually might have heard of this one. This one actually was back in the news fairly recently. No, is it? No, it wasn't this one. It was a different one. Uh, ben Shihu Colliery, China. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. I'm going to piss someone off. April 1942. 1,540 men. No, 49 men. Yes. Died after a coal dust explosion. The majority of the men died from suffocation. And it occurred when the Japanese Imperial Army had taken over many parts of China. And they were using their forces, their soldiers, to implement longer work days, more men in the mines at one time, and less time spent on any kind of safety precautions. Yeah. 1,600 men died. That's fucking nuts. It's a, a, in, in a, is that like in one single accident? Or is that over a course of time? One too? accident. A lot of men. A lot of, uh, a lot of good people give their life, man, for mining for rocks. It's crazy. And this is like, that's in the 40s. That's, there's really like, yes. I get it. There's a big difference, but not that much. Not to the point where you'd want to be like, I guarantee they're on like horseback, like get back to work, you know, <laughs> like get in there. Like it's so bad. Just like, I understand it's a huge skate, like landscape and stuff like that, but 1600 men all at work at the same time alone is fucking insane. Yeah. Like how could that, they must've been like barely able to breathe. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what they would have had for ventilation. I don't know what they would have had to keep people working like that. You said it was very dusty, like it was coal dust explosion, right? Is that yeah. what you said? 
yeah, that it can't be good. Like if there's that much coal dust in the air, it must have been aberrant fucking working conditions. And I'm going to give you a guarantee there in China in 1940, they were getting paid zero. They were getting paid in fucking uh, whatever General Mao thought their region of the world needed at that time. You know what I mean? Like, well, if they were being paid at all, because like I said, the Japanese army had just invaded and this may have just been slave labor at this point where they're like, we're in charge now. Uh huh. Yeah, like, it's like that. not a shock. Yeah, yeah, it's a scary time. I, I, I can't even imagine. This is going to have the highest total body count in all of our episodes in, per episode. You know what I mean? We're already at like <laughs> 3,000 dead. <laughs> Damn, I was going to do 9-11. Yeah. Fuck now. Now there's no point. We, we could do the war on Iraq and then maybe we'll get up there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did Ronnie McNutt. That counts. How everybody died there plus one. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that guy. I know, right? Fuck that guy. Uh, 1960, Colebrook Colliery, South Africa. 435 men died after 900 Mommy. underground pillars collapsed at the same time. It's just shitty engineering. I don't know what to say about that one. It's like it's like one failure triggered 899 more failures in this case. It was insane. Yeah. And most of them weren't actually even crushed. Most of them just got trapped in there and died, which blows. Which, like, you said it was 400 and something, that one? 435. 435, yeah. And you just, you can hear your buddy like, hey, help. And you're stuck too, you know? Yeah. It's the whole horrendous thing, the whole thing. Yeah. That's bad. People writhing to death as you could barely, you, if it wasn't for your foot just being stuck, you could go, you could get out right now. But then mm-hmm. you just die listening to everyone else who've been crushed. And then you're the last one. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, that suck. Talking to your yeah. buddy who's also stuck. And then all of a sudden he's not responding anymore. And you're like, this is fine. All I have left is to fuck this mole. <laughs> he brought it back. <laughs> oh. That's bad. Uh, Lao Bai Dong. Dong. <laughs> How much? <laughs> <laughs> what, is Lao a millionaire or what? <laughs> how much and how many? That's what I want to know. Fucking terrible. Ah, <laughs> uh, Lao Weidong, China, May 1960. 682 men died after a methane gas explosion. Fun fact that um, methane is farts. It's also Mm -hmm. methane in the ground, but it's also farts. So I'm sure that didn't help. Uh, Fun fact about this one, though, and this is the one that was actually in the news not that long ago. uh, The Chinese government actually refused to release the records on it until 1990. Almost 700 men were just erased and no one acknowledged it for 30 years. Yeah, no, uh... China still does stuff like that. Let's not. <laughs> China's still very private. Yeah. Same thing with the other one where 1,600 people died. But with this one, I was like, okay, I get it. Kind of like you don't want to be like, yeah, we lost to Japan. Eat my part. You know what I mean? But yeah. With this one, it's kind of like, are you fucking serious? Like, come on. Yeah. Just, I don't know why it's the Machiavellian fucking greater good bullshit. You know? But how do you do that? 
how do you do that? Like my husband didn't come home from the mine. You don't have a husband. I don't know what you're talking about. 700 men died. No, they didn't. Yeah. It's, it's the whole, like the state is more important than the individual thing. You don't even care. It's, it's a tool to you. It's a, it's a hammer. You lost your hammer. What are you talking about? You never had a hammer. It's like, wait, it's not a hammer or a wrench. It's a human, you know, but that's not the way the officials think of that shit. You're just a fucking number. The next thing, like. That's crazy. Yeah. Could you imagine if something like that happened here? I mean, I guess actually this kind of did just happen here, right? Because they found like, what, like thousands of graves from residential schools that we just kind of didn't acknowledge forever. And then it just, I guess this is sort of like that. So maybe I should pot black kettle we have our own problems uh different problems but we all got problems um and that's a pretty big one it's the same thing you're right it's just like oh these all these kids disappeared i'm sure they're with good families don't worry about them they changed their name they'll never find them again it's, it's bad when we did it. it's bad when you do it just stop stop doing it yeah three more mitsui and i like this is japanese mitsui miki i think coal mine Japan, November 1963, 458 men died after a coal dust explosion triggered a series of explosions that caved in the mine, crushing, trapping, and exploding most of the men inside. So again, same thing. Explosion triggers a bunch of other explosions. Yeah, you're all in enclosed space, right? No air can escape, so gases get caught, especially in a coal mine where there's methane like crazy. That sucks, man. You hear an explosion and you can't even be like, that's fine. That's far away. You just kind of got to wait. Yeah, especially back then. They probably didn't have too many safety protocols. They, I'm sure they had their own thing, but I mean, they didn't have anything to like, there was no cemented room where you could go barricade yourself until someone could dig you out. You know, there was just little safety bays in the wall where you could kind of dodge something. You know, it's sure mole people. Yes, mole people. You're not going to dodge a mole person, though. You're going to speak to it sweetly and <laughs> whisper sweet nothings. Blow out your candle. You want some privacy? <laughs> <laughs> and then you're lost. Then you're stuck. I have to rely on the mole people. This way, I have to mate with them so that you can make friends. Like they, they feel like you're part of the family. <laughs> they are better equipped. That would be the best way to survive. You know, your offspring, they're also born blind. And so they get that sense. Hearing and smell exactly. that the moles have. Exactly. And you can function underground. So that makes sense. Sure. They look like fucking Steve Buscemi, but who gives a shit? But you, you know don't I mean? know that. <laughs> How could you tell? It's dark down there, man. Exactly. Who cares? Feels the same to me. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Why? I did not really think that we'd be campaigning for fucking the mole people, but here we are. Uh, anyway. Um, this is a good one. Wanky coal mine. <laughs> Fuck. Imagine telling everyone you work at Wanky Coal Mine. <laughs> like, sure you do. <laughs> is that what you call your jerk off palace in your bedroom there, buddy? Wanky coal mine. <laughs> that sounds like an urban dictionary entry where you gotta like jerk off a guy and eat his asshole at the same time. That's what that sounds like. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> the wanky coal mine that's where you get jerked off by a mole person underground exactly exactly <laughs> um 
I don't know. It's in Zimbabwe, actually. So I don't know. It probably means something far more dignified over there than it does here. Yeah, it's a majestic lion. Oops, sorry, Zimbabwe, my bad. Yeah, my bad. Uh, 1972, this one. 426 men died after a dynamite blast caused the shaft to fill with gas. And uh, they, those who died either suffocated or were killed by the very poorly engineered blast. Or actually, many of them were, in fact, trampled in the panic to escape. So that's fun, too. That's interesting. So what year did you say that one was again? Sorry. This was 1972. Huh. So they had electricity and they're like hauling ass to get out of there. That's how scared they were. And they killed. Huh. They would have train tracks down there by the seventies for sure. So you figure people would be tramming their ass out of there, but I guess not. I guess running's the way to do it today. But I guess when you got it, you're in panic mode, you're going to run, you know, basically. Yeah. Cause I guess what happened with this one, um, because I read on it a little bit more, what happened with this one was the dynamite blast opened up a massive gas pocket which filled the entire shaft with gas and they couldn't breathe immediately. And so they're hauling ass to get out because they they're getting no air, none. I was just watching everyone fall behind beside them. Got to get out. And then it exploded. You said, right. Or it didn't explode. Just gas kill. Well, there was a dynamite blast, but that didn't, that, that did kill a couple of people. Yeah. But uh, most of them died from the suffocation because this gas pocket was huge. Yeah. So that's fun. Yeah. We're lucky to have the technology we have now to like look for that kind of stuff before you blast. I don't think in the seventies they would have had like the same tools to detect that kind of like magnetic survey, stuff like that. They wouldn't have had drones going around, taking the mag survey all around to see where like the denser parts of the, or the more magnetic means there's certain things here and you can just test things way better now. Yeah, and probably not in remote Zimbabwe either in 1972. Probably so. not in remote Zimbabwe 2021. So yeah, you know, so. <laughs> that's a problem. But they haven't had one that bad since, so that's good. And uh, let's see, the most recent one that breaks the top ten: the Shasnala coal mine in India, December 1975. 372 men died after an explosion. This one's fun. An explosion caused a water tank to rupture and fill the mine with water. So some died during the explosion, but most of them actually drowned. Per capita, though, that's not that many. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's uh, drowning underground is not a that's not a new thing. It's it's a real it's a real thing because they uh, in my mind well i i would assume most mines they, they make water pool in a certain area and they'll pump it out like constantly because you you got to be cleaning walls and backs and like the areas that you're working you have to clean them out you're constantly using water now to keep dust down to silicosis and shit like that so now it's it's very water is very very controlled it's a very scary thing yeah you watch the descent the movie oh with said. the girls with the and yeah. they the, the like white things that are going through like oh, the yeah. old mine shaft and yeah, yeah 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 i'd fuck one of those too i don't get it well i do i get it i like to live you know yeah add that to the dick rectory and good night <laughs> <laughs> been a long time since it's been updated man i gotta see what dicks are out there now yeah. it's gotta be like a whole new like scene of dicks out there because things change Another day, another dick. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
I'm meeting a lot of podcaster dicks these days. There you go. These were like, yeah, I have a podcast too. And I'm like, good for you. <laughs> Is it good? Just me and a bunch of my buddies drinking. Yeah, I know a guy with a podcast like that. Don't care for him much either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shots fired. I'm just kidding, Rick. I love you, God. Anyway, yeah, so that's the top 10 most disastrous mining incidents in history. And I'm going to edit that to be a lot more streamlined and fun than it was. I, I had fun. I had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> 9 out of 10, not enough bodies. No, 8 out of 10, not enough mole people. Eight and a half out of ten, because now I've pictured myself fucking a mole. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's here's a good story, I, and you can keep this one in. The one of the ladies that my company's international, so it goes all over. There's they have mines all over the place. So this one lady's the head of whatever, but she for the whole company. But she is, I think she's from Chile. Anyway, she's from like South America, I believe. I could be wrong. But she goes, travels to all these mines. And she was telling, we have to do, every morning you have to do a safety meeting, okay? You have a nice little safety meeting. You all talk about what we're going to be safe today, how how we're going to be safe, what's the things we've done to be safe yesterday, stuff like that, just to keep safety on the mind. And once a month, we'll do these safety meetings that are like generalized, big safety meetings uh, for the whole mine site on a certain subject. Sometimes we'll have everyone tell a big long story of something that happened that was dangerous in their life. So this one lady from Chile, she was telling us that she was in the desert in China, checking out one of their claims, like their land claims to go see. And she she found a dead body in China, like a dead guy trying to run away from that was working in the mines. And all he had in it on him was one sunflower seed and two pennies in his pocket. And he's trying to escape the mines. And that's, this is a story I heard two years ago from this lady. So that must've been within the past 20 years. That's how scary mining is that this guy was like, I fuck. It's either I die in the desert or I work in this mine. I'm going to die in the desert. <laughs> you know, like that's why Canada is awesome. Canada is awesome <laughs> for sure. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me more fun things that miners die of. A lot of things are, injury and an accident or not accidents i, I shouldn't say accidents <laughs> your face not accidents nothing's an accident because you can prevent everything's preventable uh, and that's the mindset you should have being in a mine um anything can be thought of you just have to prevent it from happening before it happens so everything's preventable so it's not an accident we call it an incident so any incident that could happen on a mine site is usually from just not following rules now. And there are nine big rules that we have at my mine. Most mines adopt the same kind of rules. Um, Not all the same, but like general in the general area. And I can't even name off all nine off the top of my head right now, but I'll name off a few. And these are the ways people die most likely. So like using stuff that you're not trained to use. You're not allowed to do that, obviously. But some guys will just jump on a scoop or like a big truck and go like, I've driven stuff like this before. And then they don't realize they're in a mining environment and run someone over or you can get run over. No problem. Easily. Stuff like that. You know what I mean? They have, I don't know if you've ever seen any mining equipment before Celeste, but they have trucks that are, they have like stairways to get into the cab. They're so big. You, if you're within 500 or maybe 200 meters in front of them, they don't even know you're there in a pickup truck. They'll just run you over 
a monster truck is fuck all compared to it. it looks like a tinky tiny toy compared to it um so don't drive don't do shit that you don't you're not trained on that's how that'll kill someone right away that's a one don't go under suspended loads so that's a good way people die in mines or have died uh i said suspended load yeah you you heard me <laughs> I did. <laughs> i'm back thinking about mole people yeah, yeah. <laughs> give me a minute i got moles on the mind but a suspended load would be like something on a crane or on a boom of any type picking up uh it's easier to guide something when it's suspended right you can move it around no problem like weight isn't really the weight's all being picked up by the scoop but if you're underneath something and it falls you die crushed mining collapses you know like not properly engineered areas another big rule is don't go under unsupported ground supported ground means there's proper um, ground support as you're going so as you mine what you'll do is you'll get to a face a heading a heading is what they call the tunnel getting into the where the mine is the where your ore is okay so you get into your heading and the face is what the back part of the wall is called where there's no where you're going to blast your next round which they call a round is like every time they blast that's a round as you keep progressing further and further with blasts you have to add more and more ground support as you go but when you blast there's no ground support where you just blasted right but if you get underneath you're just asking to get killed right it's like rocks could fall on your head um i could go on man like this disease we already went through some of that uh what else could kill your mind um not paying attention to your job can you can kill someone or yourself you know not keeping your mind on task turning your head for that one second you want to know what could kill someone you know what's a big one is not fixing a problem when you see it you see a little thing and walk by it every day and no big deal. And then someone fucking falls down a hole because you just decided you didn't want to put up the sign that said open hole right there. And you said, eh, everyone knows it's there. <laughs> I'm like rambling, but mining's like very bonus driven. So like if you get all of your, you make your targets for the week, you get a bonus paycheck like gold mining is anyway. Oh. So if you don't make your rounds or you don't do your certain things, you lose out on your extra money. Uh, so a lot of the time that's where the cutting corners comes in my opinion is with like trying to make bonus instead of trying to like be think safely and like a lot of guys will just like there's something dangerous they'll go like okay five more minutes i'll get this done and get out and that works out 99.9 percent .9 of the time it's the 0.01 percent that's scary i just want to eliminate it if you could tell i'm a safety guy at my work because i don't want to ever name one to die ever <laughs> i really don't <laughs> but before you got promoted into this position you wanted everyone to die yes yes <laughs> i don't i don't care about money that's the thing i really don't it's not my main motivator in life money's cool don't get me wrong i'm not gonna throw away money or something stupid like that but not worth it what kind of diseases you can get lead poisoning <laughs> you can get Fun. the process to like assay gold to assaying is just like the test that they do when they take a sample of rock and see how much gold is in it, it's called an assay. And basically they just crush the rock, then they'll pulverize the rock and then they'll melt the rock with a squirt of like lead silver nitrate, I guess it is. And then the gold will all pool as it's being warmed up. And then you can tell by the weight of how much rock was there versus how much gold is in there, how much gold you'll find in a massive spot. So if you're not wearing gloves just that alone, getting lead on your fingers, you know, over time, just eventually just go lead crazy. Like heavy metals are scary. It can seep through your skin, you know? Yikes. 
uh, muscular skeletal disease. It's from vibration. Okay. And it's also called white fingers. Like people call it white fingers. And what you'll do is you'll vibrate, like use being on big machines and stuff like that. You vibrate a lot and then you start to lose circulation in the tips of your fingers and your tips, your toes, uh, to the point where you have no feeling. And they like basically, uh, whatever the opposite of necrotic black is, it's what your fingers will turn white, like real white, no feeling. And then eventually you just can't pick shit up anymore. And it's all just from vibration, like not proper ergonomic workspaces or proper tools. Uh, and that's some fucking scary stuff too, because a lot of stuff is vibrating. Machinery does do that. And if you don't move around and you just continuously every day do that. Uh, also like a big killer for, for mining, believe it or not, is not even at the mine. It's like getting to the remote locations, just driving. Like I drive 40 minutes each way to work every morning on a highway in the middle of fucking snowstorms, just getting a moose. Trying to get to work in the fucking craziest weather because you are feel committed to your getting your job done. Jesus. It's a big one. <laughs> it's, a, it's a scary one. I'm trying to think of more stuff that can get you. There's so much stuff. It's so dangerous. You guys don't get paid enough. I don't care how much you make, you don't get paid enough. I think they get paid plenty because a lot of guys, you know what minor stands for? And I'm joking when I say this. Whoever from my work listens to this can get you're freezing. Where was I? Did, did you get my my uh, viewer discretion warning for my friends at work who are going to cry over me saying this? I did now. Yeah. Okay. So don't worry. I'm joking. Okay. Uh, but minor stands for major income, no education required. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> so you could drop out of school at 16 and go work in the mines. You know, I have buddies who did that, not at 16, but didn't go to college or anything like that. Fuck, they're loaded. They're like fucking secret millionaires. You know, I wish I never went to school for sometimes for that, but that's what I'm saying. Like, if you were good with your money, you get paid lots. Like how much more money do you need, man? Like some of these guys get paid like 60 bucks an hour plus a hundred percent bonus. Meaning if they make the rounds and everything, they get a second paycheck. <laughs> like, Oh my God. <laughs> some guys are making 200, 250 K a year mining in different countries and shit, going to drill and stuff like that. Some people where I work probably make six, lots of people make six figures, I would guess, underground. Uh, mining is a lucrative profession. I bet. It's sacrifice, 25 years. You said it knocks up people's life, so maybe that's what it is. Yeah, huge sacrifice. I don't know, man. I don't know. I could see, like, getting into mining for, like, a year or two to build yourself a nest egg and then doing something else with your life, assuming you don't die in that year or two. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. The problem is the lower paid two first two year jobs aren't really worth it to just do that. You have to like gain experience and then get yourself into a, a, a higher, a higher risk, but also higher paying job. And then you'd have to do it. So it'd be like a six, seven year plan to just do what you're saying to actually make it worthwhile. And then by the time six, seven years turn around, you're like, well, I might as well just keep going. You know, I've been doing this for six, seven years. Nope. No, no. <laughs> Not doing it. If I'm getting underpaid, it's something where I'm not in mortal danger. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'll be underpaid at being a barista. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Nothing's going to kill me at Starbucks. <laughs> well, I'm not going to say they're under like a, the lowest level job here is still double what a barista would get. But I mean, that does sound fun. Yeah. Not fun enough. <laughs> Throw in mole people. 
<laughs> like send me back underground into a dark corner with a table, nice table set up. We can lady in the tramp this, Mr. Mole. And notice I said Mr. Because I'm straight when it comes to humans, but fucking gay for mole people. <laughs> oh God. <clears throat> I feel Same. like there's a new Easter egg coming up. I'm fucking gay for mole people. <laughs> well, there it is, right there, nice and clean. <laughs> I am, I will admit, I am getting a little disenchanted with, I put a ball in my mouth. I, I am a little bit. But <laughs> After all that going off on mining, I'm not actually here to go off on mining. What I'm here to go off on is the quote, company store, because that is fucking bullshit. All right. So mining companies had an ingeniously unethical way of keeping their employees indebted, indebted to them i actually genuinely think i'm dying sometimes like <laughs> ever since i got sick i have trouble speaking everything hurts all the time indentured servitude essentially yeah exactly so when an employee would fall in hard times the mining companies would offer them an advance on their wages to help them out but this advance would come in the form of company scrip which is a form of currency that is either paper or tokens that could be used in the company-owned store or sometimes exchanged into currency with a ridiculous exchange rate. So once the supplies purchased equaled or exceeded the amount of the script, the shopkeeper would mark it with what the miners called the snake. And the snake essentially meant you're out of money until next time you get paid, which is usually like two weeks or a month away, right? And the supplies that those miners needed to purchase included clothing and food as expected, but they're also responsible for their own tools and their own blasting powder. Oh, to be, that's one of the things that I would love is to be able to just go buy explosives now. Come on. (laughs) Indentured servitude, but I get to buy my own explosives. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm sorry, but explosives are uh, company provided now. Yeah. And locked away so no one can play with them ever. (laughs) As it should be, but no, as it should be for sure. You go like when you go shopping at like fucking, I don't even know, you have Bulk Barn over there. (laughs) You go to Bulk Barn and you go to the big old bin of blasting powder and you get yourself a sack and they weigh it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get how that works, but I guess like when they want to just have the blasting stuff for these guys so they could actually get rocks out of the ground. But I guess, no, I guess they like, what if nobody could afford it? They'd just be like, I guess the mine's closed. (laughs) If nobody could afford it, they'd give them a script. These fucking guys. These fucking guys. What is this in the 1800s? Uh, so I'll get into it a little bit. So the company store, which the miners called the Pluck Me. <laughs> they're they're trying to say like, fuck me. Fuck me, this costs lots, but Pluck Me. I see what they did there. So this store had a massive, massive markup. Naturally, meaning that each time the workers bought supplies, they were more and more likely to require another advance leaving them with a massive debt to the company. And legally, from a legal standpoint, because it used to be debtors would go to prison, right? Nowadays, that's not the case. But uh, the debt was financial from a legal perspective, but what was really owed to the mine was something far more valuable than money, and that was their time. Hours and hours, months and months, years and years of time in debt, right? Yeah. But 
the company store did have a wholesome quality to it as well, which made it seem sort of less nefarious. They would stock up on petty candies and treats and magazines and things like that for all the local children and the wives to gather to socialize at the company store where they're catching up on their local news and they're gossiping, right? Spilling their tea. And it encourages more spending. Yeah, of course. It's like the same reason they have chocolate bars at the fucking cash out counter at any grocery store so mom can i get a pack of smarties like no mom so and then you take it and you walk out with it anyway because you're four years old exactly which i did and my mom made me go back to give it back because stealing is wrong and the manager laughed and was like it's cool and my mom was like i'm trying to teach her a lesson you fucking asshole (laughs) (laughs) and i was like woo stealing You've told me this is bad for so long. Now I know. This guy has a name tag and I'm supposed to believe you. Please, mom. Yeah, exactly. Get out of here. If mom's your real name, you don't even have a name tag for me to know that for (laughs) sure. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. I did go through a shoplifting phase when I was a teenager. So maybe that was influenced by that experience. I have no idea. At the same Safeway where I held a job for four years after that. I shoplifted a shit ton of stuff from that Safeway. And then I worked there for four years. So oh, good. good. No guilt. No, not even a little bit. But yeah. shoplifting is shoplifting is a rite of passage. God damn it. And you stole pizzas. Okay. From the poor delivery guy. Oh, I'm not saying I'm innocent at all. I'm just asking if you have any guilt. I, I don't I didn't say I did. <laughs> no guilt. None. You're good. You shouldn't. So the practice of company towns, because the company store was generally part of a company town. This was industry standard from about 1880 to about 1935, and it was mostly utilized by the coal industry, but not exclusively. Railroads, lumber, and turpentine camps also used this practice fairly frequently, and some outliers, you know, like very successful factories, but mostly the coal industry. Yeah, when you hear about uh and this isn't true but when you hear about slavery being talked about in america and everyone and the irish guys go like but irish were the slaves first no you weren't this is what was happening to you the same thing is you would get a free trip over to america these assholes and you'd be stuck in uh indentured servitude which is not slavery it's not the same thing you'd owe this guy for your entire life yes you'd be always paying but you could still leave and go have a house and shit like that so, uh, and they would actually work in the mines and stuff like that. These Irish guys were on the railroads and stuff like that. So yeah, it's been happening for a long time. This company store things, uh, it's an old idea. It's a good grift. Isn't it right? Yes. Yeah. So some of the company towns actually came from company owners that were trying to form essentially a utopian workers village. And there were supposed to be churches and schools and libraries and playgrounds where people could, you know, be united under one company as one community. And that's where this idea sort of happened. But then these companies with more nefarious intentions got wind of this idea and they were like, that's brilliant. I'll own everything that they need access to. Yeah. I'm on it. Yeah. Then I'll be the mayor and get collect all the taxes from this town too. Like... <laughs> Right. It's so it's so bad. And so like the more utopian kind of towns, they would have like these these, uh, you know, schools and all that good stuff. But the 
sketchy towns, the biggest sign of like a sketchy town is that there will be saloons and even more saloons. Because like saloons were everything back then, right? They were casino, they were bar, they were brothel, they were burlesque house. They were all of it rolled into one. And so these, by putting the saloons in, they're like inviting them to act up and like behave in a way where they can threaten their livelihood more frequently and then encourage more debt. Like they can be blacklisted from the company uh, from the company store for a period of time and then they won't be able to get their resources. They can also be blacklisted from their job for a period of time so they can't get any wages for behavior like at the saloons and on their personal time. Yeah, they're using the saloon as a way to get them to owe more money. Which yeah. probably would have happened in the saloon anyway, honestly. They're probably just gonna owe different people money, you know. <laughs> and I, like 18, what'd you say, 1880s to 1930s? This is like a popular so like there would have been a lot of like nothing to do except for drink. Pretty much in these in these places that were owned by again, mostly these coal mining companies. It was there wasn't a whole lot else to do. A lot of them had their yeah. families there, but that's that was basically your options, right? You go to the saloon or you could go hang out at the company store. Yeah, I feel like a lot of this probably was to get all your workers close to their work area too, because they didn't have the same, like I have a vehicle now that I can drive 40 minutes, but in the 1880s, a carriage and a horse or a, one of the original cars, because I guess cars would have been near around then, like fucked out. It would take me a day to get where I am. So it was probably for utilitarian purposes too, right? Not just utopian, like making their life easier. It is, you know, it depends, right? It depends on the company. Sometimes it is about making their life easier because again, they were located in these remote places where it's like, let's make it easy for them to come to work. But other times it's like, let's make it so that they can't go anywhere else. Right. They can live and work. The town I live in, York Falls is, is like a paper mill town for, hundred years and that's basically what they did they just built a little town right beside their paper mill and they're all the same houses it's all like in the old part of town it's all just these row houses that look identical all the mill houses all the company houses um and i'm imagining it's the same kind of deal because it's a hundred years ago right it is yeah so essentially the companies owned the entire towns And so that means that even if a worker manages to live without these advances, all of the places to buy goods were owned by the company anyway. And very frequently outside purchases were forbidden in the first place. But even if they weren't, these men were working 12, 16, 20 hour days. They didn't have time to walk or travel to the nearest town to avoid the company store. And in addition to owning the retail buildings, the mining companies also owned all of the housing, which was mostly shacks that the miners lived in, and they didn't live there for free. They were also required to pay for lodging, which is owed to the company. But again, they were, quote, free to live wherever they liked, but good luck getting to work. By the, by the end of it, you're just giving them a place to live make, and just making them work for free. You know what I mean? Like just nickel and diming them until they got fuck all left. It's, it's very scary. Yeah, they got nothing left. So basically yeah. you get to keep them on board forever. Yeah. And the, it's a fraction of the income, right? That they make. They may support and essentially pay for everything within that town. But it's a fraction of what the miners actually get them in product. Yeah. Like, imagine all the shit you could get away with so long ago. Like, fuck, man. Like, people would just do that, and they'd probably be like, just good business practice as they lift their cigar with the dollar bill, you know? Like, 
they don't even think that's a bad thing. This this was probably thought of like, this is what is should be like. This I have lots of money and a mine. If these guys should be happy, I'm letting them borrow some eggs. You know, like that's scary to me. It's fucking. It's crazy, right? So, yeah. like the isolation and the remote location of these mining towns, obviously means no competition, a total monopoly on the prices, so they can set the prices however they want. And the mining towns also had their own private police. And a lot of these towns were actually fully fenced. And the companies would say that this was to prevent, um, to protect the miners from uh, robbers and um, traveling salesmen. Oh, because that was apparently a very big concern. If I try, if I have to hear the vacuum speech one more time from Jerry, I swear to God, I quit. All right, we'll put up the fence. Yeah. Exactly. The guy coming around to sell cutlery. Okay. They're protecting them (laughs) from that unsavory salesman. Right. But obviously, you know, they were mostly there to encourage obedience or force obedience and to prevent them from leaving. And the other thing too, with the private police is that a lot of the people who were in the mining towns were convicts, were working convicts. And so they're housed side by side with these families and these free workers and so the private police are also there to protect the free workers from the convicts. Yeah, and from a you have you have a psychology background, right? Like this would just be postulating right now. Would putting up fence around a town and having armed guards walking this make you just assume you're like not consciously maybe subconsciously believe you're already in prison anyway so you just accept your fate of this so it's just like the stanford prison experiment in real life but it's not even an experiment this is just happening right you would just think like i oh i'm protected and i'm so protected but you i don't know i guess they would let them leave it's not like they're like forcing them to stay but i mean just in the back it is. Yeah. It's the Stanford prison experiment. Yes. It's exactly what it is. They could huh. leave and they chose not to. And they yeah. put up with all this bullshit that they normally wouldn't put up with because they're put in these, these, these circumstances and given being told by someone in a position of authority to do what they're told. It's exactly like that. And people, and I'm not disparaging the 19, uh, the 1930s. Okay, they had the best they could, but not a lot of these people were educated enough to like think about what's happening. You know, they would just be like people of God. You know, just assume, oh, there's a church here; it's a good place to raise a family, or like getting hammered at the fucking. The smart guys would be the ones lighting their fucking cigars with dollar bills. So, uh, I. People didn't take advantage like this is crazy, but it happened. Yeah. Well, it's also limiting, right? Because like in some situations, you know, you're free to leave, but you're not free to leave your job, right? Because you still owe that debt to the company. Whoa. What's consequence? Uh, Debtors went to prison. Basically, if you forfeit your debt, you go to prison and then you end up as a work convict. So you go right back to the mine. It's essentially what happened. (laughs) Yeah, so you might as well just stay because if you you'd rather be indentured servitude than I'm I'm sure the fucking prisoners got the bad jobs. You know, they're the ones shoveling shit. They're the ones like putting the dynamite in the hole underneath unsupported ground. They're the ones doing that shit. I guarantee it. There was a hierarchy. There had to be. 
There was for sure. And also they would lose their families, right? Because if you're not working in the mine, like, yeah, you'll come back to probably a different mine, but you know, your family's on their own now. You're not bringing them with you as a convict. Yeah, but as no- nothing's changed with miners losing their family, you know, usually they're <laughs> all divorced and <laughs> go away for two weeks and they find out their wife's fucking the neighbor. I don't know. It's a, it, that's a common thing now. How could you so tell? Not... They all come home covered in sud. It could easily be your husband. <laughs> You're like, yeah, that looks right. I didn't know. Woman, I'm home. And her dress is already up because that's the routine. Man, I'm home. Every now and then a mole would come in covered in yeah. such. She couldn't <laughs> let's let's make this a three-way. <laughs> uh, but um yeah, so the other thing too is that they could be evicted from their homes while they still have a debt to the mine. So that was another thing that could happen if they didn't behave at the saloons, and that was something that they did fairly frequently because the homes had day-to-day leases in most situations. So that's fun. So you lose your home and have no home, but you still have to go work at the mine. And then you know, some new miners living in your house with a mole. Yeah. It makes you think like after hearing all the like pressure was put on you, maybe a lot of these accidents weren't accidents. You know, some of these mining disasters were just like, fuck you and fuck everyone. Boom. Good night. Oh, like the Salem witch lady, the one that like fingered all the white ladies and was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just saying, like, maybe it was just suicide based. Some of them, like, if I can't leave and I just lost my family and my house and everything, I'm just going to go, oh, methane, I could smell that. Boom, 4,000 people dead or whatever the fucking numbers were. 500 people. Good to, uh, good night because I didn't like it. Fuck you. I can see it. But at the same time, miners have like this, like, really intense kind of brotherhood thing, right? Sure. Like, they're very, a lot of camaraderie in the mining industry. For sure. For sure. I would, I would agree with that. You can trust, you can trust a miner with your life, but not with your wallet. Is that a thing? I heard that one today. Is that a, a minorism? I guess so. A, yeah, I guess so. I heard that today. So I was like, that's pretty fun. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Right. So like a lot of camaraderie, very strong ties. I don't think they blow up a bunch of other people <laughs> unless it was like a suicide pack thing. Like let's slow down production today and just blow this fucking mine wide open. Yeah, you know how we get rid of uh, Johnny money bags? We all kill ourselves. That'll teach him. <laughs> <laughs> the original Jonestown. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I don't really want to blow us up. Just, just blow yourself up, okay? <sighs> blow yourself up. You ever listen to those tapes? Fuck, it's bad. The one lady's just like, but I don't want all the kids to die. And he's like, just drink the fucking thing. <laughs> like you can tell he's so fed up with everybody. Oh, my God. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't know what yeah. you're talking about. Is this like a thing? Just blow yourself up? Like Jonestown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, she's very saddening. Yeah. Shitty. Cults are tough. That's why I haven't covered one that's actually that bad. Yeah. Cults are scary. Oh, yes. Another fun aspect of the company town is that if the company ever went under, which it frequently did, it's disastrous for the residents of those towns because the company operates every business. And without the company to foot the bills, those that are operate like that are running those businesses, maintaining those businesses, would leave to go find work somewhere else. And people that couldn't go find work somewhere else would die. And they, they would would they tear down all the houses? Like, why can't you just start your own community there? What do you need the mining company for? That actually has happened. Yeah. Um, 
so I actually want to talk about this is as far as I got with the script is the next couple of things and I ran out of time but sure. I actually want to talk about a couple famous examples of company towns and what happened to them so on the failing side of things a famous example of a failed company town and this was failed for the better was Pullman Illinois so in 1884, George Pullman established a factory south of Chicago that was meant to build railroad sleeping cars for the Pullman Palace Car Company. What a piece of shit. Sorry, one second. What a piece of shit, this guy. Uh, you're indentured servituting people, making them live in your little company house, and then naming your town after yourself. Like, fuck you. Just call it like Poor Town USA. Poor Town USA. <laughs> Anyways, it's, I know. It's so egotistical. Although... If you could name a town, you'd probably like, would you, if they're like, you name this next town, would you go like Celeste, Celeste, Saskatchewan? No, I don't want to be associated with Saskatchewan. Oh yeah. I forgot you guys have hate for the Saskatchies. We don't have uh, hate for this for, for them. We just, if you had to pick a province, why pick that one? Because it, it, ha- it alliterates kind of Celeste, Saskatchewan. I'd rather be like Celeste, British Columbia. I'd live in Celeste, BC. That's what I'm saying. BC's beautiful, of course. <laughs> We're trying to get people. This we need a new town, and the only place there's new towns is Saskatchewan because nobody wants to live there anyway. Yeah, that's it. Name name a, a town in a province after someone as unapproachable as me. That will help. <laughs> okay, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just like, I hate these guys at their fucking Pullman, Illinois. Go fuck yourself, Pullman. It could be worse. It could be like Pullmanville. Yeah. <laughs> or Pullman, Pullmanton. Pullmantopia. So bad. That'd be so fucking bad. <laughs> or it could be Australia and it could be called Crooked Dick or whatever the fuck all their super towns are called. It would probably, if it was Australia, it would be called like, what's the guy's first name again? George. It'd be like George Pullman's town. George. That's what it would be. <laughs> Australian towns. I can't believe that shit. They're playing a game, okay? They're over there and they're like, how many towns can we name after genitals before they start sending the prisoners here again? Yeah. No, I think um they're trying they had probably like too many sexual assaults going on with all the rapists they sent there. So like let's desensitize everyone with sexual names so that sex isn't anything anymore. So, so they know like, what to like... expect when they go there. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Knob Creek, you know what's gonna happen there. Knob Creek is in Kentucky. I don't know. I just said a name. I can't remember like fucking Dong Central. Don't go to downtown. You'll get fucked. Breast Mountain. I don't know. A bunch of like fucking Australia. God damn it. Yeah. That's so Australia. Um, yes, Pullman. Pullman, Illinois, which I also find phallic. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so he he establishes this town and this town was actually, it was supposed to be like a new frontier in company towns. Okay. So uh, it had over a thousand houses. It had parks. It had, the houses had indoor plumbing. They had like regulated trash removal. It was a nice place. And all in all, it ended up having about 12,000 residents by 1893. However, during the economic downturn of 1894, Pullman started lowering the wages and cutting jobs while also refusing to lower the rent, of course, which led to uh, such a violent worker strike that the federal troops had to interfere. <laughs> so that's fun. No, I was just, I don't want to be at the business end of a, a board 
homeland security people you know what i mean like this was bad this was a very bad situation the town barely stayed afloat um until uh, 1897 when pullman finally died and then the company was forced to sell all of its non-industrial property so those that were remaining in the town were able to buy their homes Oh. And uh, the company ultimately went under in 1957 and the factory was set to be demolished, but uh, the locals protested it as a landmark. And so the company or the factory is actually still standing and it's vacant. But hmm. this is basically a failed company town in the way that the, the business has failed and also the town in and of itself basically became sort of self-sufficient without any expansion. So that's interesting. Hmm. Illinois. Who would have thunk it? Uh, but on the other side of things, one of the like most successful company towns pretty much in history um, expanded and reached agreements with other companies that would implement new businesses to bring in new workers. And then they would develop gradually sort of into more modern cities. Now, this one didn't sort of develop into the modern cities that we think of, like it's not a Toronto or anything. But this town was Hershey, Pennsylvania. Mm. which is mostly known for its Hershey's chocolate factory. Oh, so Hershey's started this one. Exactly. Is that like Jimmy Hershey or is that just like the name of, I'm sure they named the fucking chocolate after themselves. I'm so sweet. It's named after me. He sure did. And his name is Milton. Oh, no wonder you didn't call it Milton's either. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Melton Hershey's. So uh, in 1900, Milton Hershey built a factory in rural Pennsylvania uh, due to the access that he had to the local dairy farms for the chocolate production. And he also built a town so that he would be able to get staff for the factory. And uh, so he is one of the, the men who had very utopian ideals for his little town, a little too utopian of ideals for his little town. The town featured homes that could be rented, but also could be owned by the workers. Um, It had a trolley system, it had schools, it had an amusement park, and a zoo. He also established a boarding school for local boys, which seems a little bit more willy than Wonka to me, but, you know. (laughs) During the Great Depression, he created even more jobs during this time because he campaigned to build a hotel, a sports arena, and several new public structures. So he was great for anyone in that area looking for work but the idyllic town had its own problems including Hershey implementing his own requirements for his employees personal time away from work so he would try to dictate what they could do um, outside of work which was problematic and he also had questionable hiring practices and I don't exactly know what that means if that's like sexual harassment if that's racism who knows but it doesn't sound fun Probably race, probably a, a dash of both. I would assume. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't think he hired child workers. So my guess is racism. Well, I was gonna say uh, probably sexism. Probably only hiring dudes. Maybe. I didn't Definitely mean children. <laughs> I didn't mean children, but I mean maybe. Get <laughs> all the children he needed in the boarding school for boys. That's why I don't think sexual harassment, but definitely sexism. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Girls are good for making supper and um, making children and not speaking. Because as soon as they speak, they say something fucking stupid, you know? Do they? No, that's what that's what I think. (laughs) No, no, no. Just to clarify, that's what I think. 
1938 Richard thinks that. Um, but yeah, despite these issues that he had, you know, ultimately the Hershey's Chocolate Factory survived, as did Hershey, Pennsylvania, and it continues to thrive even after he passed away in, in 1945. So as far as company towns, you know, this is sort of a, a more wholesome look at it, but this is not the norm. Yeah. Uh, uh, never mind. I thought I was just looking up something because I thought it was Hershey, but it was Nestle. Never mind. But the uh, the lady who invented chocolate chip, uh, chocolate chip cookies. Oh yeah. She uh, was making walnut cookies, and she just had chocolate, no walnuts one day. She panicked and threw chocolate, and everyone's like, "Wow, chocolate chip cookies isn't that good?" And they got popular because of World War Two, because she was sending some over to her friend, or her sons, or. Relatives in World War II, and they, since everyone it was such a world war, everyone was passing them out to their buddies, like, "Oh, these are the best things ever." And then I thought it was Hershey that got a hold of her, but it was actually Nestle in the end that got a hold of her, and they traded. They said, "Oh, we'll put your recipe on each one of our. We'll make chocolate chips for you." Because she was like, "I hate chopping them." Just she's like, "I'll make them, and then we could put your recipe on the back, and if we're allowed to do that, we'll give you." all the free chocolate chips you would ever want ever. And she was like, you know what? I don't need any royalties or sales money or anything like that. I just want chocolate chips. And she fucking traded it for that. <laughs> I was like, wow, these Hershey guys got uh really fucking Ruth Wakefield is the lady's name really wrote on the back of Ruth Wakefield. Um, but if it's not Hershey, it's Nestle. So I didn't know that story, but as soon yeah. as you were like chocolate chip cookies, I was like Nestle toll house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she traded her whole recipe for lifetime chocolate chips. That fucking sucks. Bad move, sister. That really blows. Um. Anyway, that's actually all I have. That's all I could manage to. I never. I couldn't wrap it up. But anyway. Yeah, the company store thing is uh, super unethical, and it like it reminds me of like I'm trying to think of a, a modern day equivalent to that what is it like pyramid schemes maybe or maybe not pyramid schemes but like subscription you know when you get like uh by the way go to our patreon and uh sign up <laughs> uh private dicks is on there uh private dicks is on there i'll uh regale you with some tales of mystery and we'll figure out what they do every single time but yeah subscription things where they give you a free month of something and then you like forget about it and then you know what I mean? Because you have to still have to sign up with your credit card, and you have like six months later, you're like, fuck, they got me. It reminds me kind of something like that, but I'm trying to think of a modern day equivalent to it. But they really kind of crack down on that kind of grifting, right? Would, would you say business monopolies are so heavily like regulated now? I like the idea of a company town. It's like basically the modern day equivalent of the company town is Bountiful BC. Okay. They have the wood mill that's there that all the boys work at and it's all the Mormons that live within them and they run the stores. That is basically the modern day equivalent is like these cults or these religious, what are they called? Uh, communes. Communes. Yeah, I guess, I guess. Like, I wonder like on these towns, we didn't really, uh, like a, a, does the commune have a sheriff? You know, do they have like, a guy that goes around enforcing the rules or is that just like the elder or the one like in charge of it all just going like you can't do that there johnny that's my wife now it's like well, you have six already 
God is enforcing the rules there, right? But remember, like, the government got involved in shit, but they didn't have, like, a local police or anything like that. And they have, like, religious freedoms, right? Because of religion. So they're basically allowed to do more or less whatever they want because the Canadian government is like, whoa, I don't want to touch that. Yeah, we're not going to... We're, you guys make your own town. We're making our own town over here of ripped away children from their parents. We don't have time for you. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, Just stop I, with the human trafficking, okay? And do whatever yeah. you want. Yeah. I, I don't I, I don't really like the idea of the, the town. I like to be able to like live free, you know? Like the town, like by what, what, I, what I mean by that is, yes, I without the indentured servitude part of it, it's kind of good. But at the same time, if you want to work somewhere and you're, you can travel, I feel like that's better off. Like nowadays, if I want to work in crazy mine, like I could probably get a job most places. Now I've been, I have enough experience and you can get jobs. I can get a job in Northern Manitoba and they'll fly me there. They'll pay my flight. They'll pay my food. They'll pay my everything for the week and then just send me home after. So I guess that's the modern equivalent would be like a camp job. Cause they have camp jobs where you just, that's all you do. You live on the fucking camp in little cabans. You get your internet at night, no drinking. They take away all your like substances. If you're into substances at all and they give you free internet, free cable, common areas to hang out with the workers until your shift's done and then they fly you back out and it's not a great life i wouldn't want to do that what else can i tell you about mining before we shut it down on this one um tell me something interesting because i'm hoping i can edit this into not a pile of crap because it felt like a pile of crap coming out of my mouth no it's fine there's a lot of uh a lot of me jambling on about uh safety but i'm trying to think about like like the culture now uh in canada and the u.s maybe i should go with that is like we myself personally and a lot of people i do know want never to have an accident again you know there's been there's been stuff that's happened in the recent years like have you ever seen that mine that like blasted they were underneath a uh a lake and they blast it was like a salt mine and they blasted so like right under the lake and they emptied the lake into the mine. Have you ever seen that? Like swirled like goodbye lake gone. Yeah, that's, that's a real thing. Crazy. Yeah, it's a real on thing. purpose? No. Oh no. shit. No, no. <laughs> that's bad. No. Bad news bears. Um, but yeah, stuff still happens. And you hear about shit in different countries. Like I said, the the little Chinese guy trying to escape his mind to die in the fucking desert. Um but I feel like in all in all, it's, it's, pro- it's like, it's like the porn industry. Okay. I'm going to bring it to the porn industry. You people be like, Oh, that must be riddled with disease and stuff like that. In reality, probably a porn star is checked more often than the average person. They're probably the best person to fuck. You know what I mean? Like they'd probably be the less, the least scary person, like a sex worker would probably get tested all the time. Uh, and I feel like mining now you could look at it and go like, it's really dangerous, but since the, in Canada, anyway, I shouldn't say anywhere else, but in Canada, we all know it's super dangerous and we all fight to keep it safer and safer. And there's been lots of legislation in Canada, you are in Ontario specifically. Um, there's what's called a green book. I don't know if you know what that is. It's like a occupational health and safety 
law. It's the laws of Canada, what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do in an underground environment. And every year they update it with more and more rules, depending on the things that are coming up each and every year. And this stuff is law. Okay. And in our law, we have the right to uh, refuse unsafe work. We have the right to know about unsafe work. We have the right to participate in training and stuff like that. These are, these are rights that we have now that they didn't have so many years ago. And these things make a difference. Okay. It makes people feel empowered. It makes people uh, understand what's going on around them. It keeps people informed and then uh, it keeps people safe just in general. We have thing in Ontario where you can make a worker based community or committee, sorry, that has a heavy influence on how your mind operates. They tell you, oh, this isn't right. And that's not right. And you put it in writing through an email to management and they have to respond to you within 21 days of that coming to them. There's a lot out there to keep the guys safe. And I don't think mining is as dangerous as it used to be. It's still dangerous if there's high ballers trying to make their money and being silly and inexperience, that kind of stuff. But I, I, I don't view it as the most dangerous job anymore. A hundred years ago, sure. But now it's so regulated. It's And I feel safe going to work. You know, that's what I'm trying to say. I feel safe going to work. And I feel like if that's the what we can get at, fucking get all the gold out of the ground. You know, go find it. I'll go get it. It's no ice road trucking. Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. Does Eriqua Falls have like a store? Yes. Do you shop at it or do you go somewhere else? Uh, well, we have two grocery stores that we'll go shop at. And we have like a dollar store, you know, like a it's called a bargain shop. I don't know if you have those out there. Um, and we have like a Tim Hortons and a Subway. Those are the two only things, no McDonald's or anything. And that's about it. And I shop at all of them. I go to all of them. But yes, about an hour away is if I want to do like a big grocery, I'll go to, to Timmins, the close town, because it's just cheaper. Sure. Yeah. Because you don't want to yeah. give all your money to the company. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you got me. guys thanks so much for listening head on over to our facebook and instagram straight to when join it comes in to the humans, conversations about all things unethical fucking just search unethical podcast you can also find us on patreon where you can get access to all of our super awesome content uncut videos of our discussions and early release of all the episodes we are adding fun stuff all the time so you should definitely come and check it out thanks again we appreciate all of you <laughs>